Our message today is entitled, Outward. Today the church remembers and honors the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is a Greek word which means 50. It finds its origin in a Jewish feast called the Feast of Weeks, noting that seven weeks have completely passed since Passover. And therefore, on the 50th day, a new feast is commemorated. On the day of Pentecost, after Jesus had died and risen into heaven, the disciples witnessed the birth of the New Testament church in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with power. This is what we examine today and remember today on the day of Pentecost as we explore truth that is often given a back seat when the Holy Spirit is talked about or studied. I want to begin in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts 1, 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. Jesus had recently been crucified, was buried, and rose from the dead. And He was about to ascend into heaven. His disciples could not possibly understand all that was happening and what was about to happen. And Jesus knew there would be great confusion and fear from pending persecution. Therefore, He made it very clear that His disciples must stay in Jerusalem until the promise of the Father comes to them. This He spoke of the Holy Spirit who would empower believers after Jesus had gone home to heaven. Acts 1, verse 5. He said, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. See, in His first post-resurrection visit to the disciples, Jesus breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. This most personal gift is given to all believers who repent and come to Jesus. And it allows us to understand the Word of God. Without the Holy Spirit, it's just a book of stories. But with the Holy Spirit, it opens fantastic revelations to us for us to understand the Word of God. The Holy Spirit allows us to discern the voice of God the Father. There are many voices today in the world. And yet those who stay close to God and access the Holy Spirit can discern the proper voice to follow. It allows us to apply truth to our lives. Remember how Jesus described the work of the Holy Spirit in John 16, verse 13. He said, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you of things to come. Do you ever wonder why in the world today there's such a hard time finding truth? and people don't know truth, and there's lies and deception, it's because the people have not accessed the greatest gift ever given to live inside of us, and that's the Holy Spirit. The truth is the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. If we spend time in the Spirit and time in the Bible, then we'll know truth. However, if we spend our time on social media and spend our time in cable news stations and spend our time on the Internet, then we don't know the truth and we wonder why there's no truth today, but the promise is that if we, if we submit ourselves to God, He will guide us into all truth. He will be our discernment. 
Besides convicting believers of sin, righteousness, and judgment, the Holy Spirit brings truth directly from the throne of God into our hearts and into our minds as He guides us into all truth. There can be no greater gift than this in the times that we are living in today. Truth from the throne of God to us. It's available, but we need to understand it and seek Him to receive it. In the society in which we live, truth is a very rare commodity. Surely the Spirit-filled believer has the advantage if he or she seeks the truth and is convicted when the truth comes and applies the truth to his or her very lives. And though Jesus already gave the Holy Spirit to His disciples, He now talks about an additional gift of the Holy Spirit, describing it as a baptism of power. Acts 1, verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Him, saying, Lord, will You at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? The challenge that Jesus faced with His disciples is that they were too narrowly focused, much like I believe many people today. This is often what happens when fear and doubt and anxiety or confusion enters the picture. After everything that had happened, the disciples were only concerned about Israel's kingdom being restored. Think about that for a minute. They were only worried about the kingdom of their own country being restored. They had tunnel vision and had been kept in this perspective out of fear. Fear and narrow vision cause us to be defensive. While faith and godly discernment cause us to trust God that He will lead us and guide us into His will. The disciples were ethnocentric believing that the only kingdom being restored to to Israel itself is the only thing that mattered. How could this be? Had they not been listening to Jesus these past three years? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Clearly, Jesus didn't say that God so loved only Israel. He so loved the world. This was Jesus' focus time and time again. John 3.17, next verse. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That the world would be saved. Not that Israel alone would be saved. Jesus was emphatic about that point. That's why we are here this day. We are part of the world of the message that went out to the world. In fact, even the Jewish Feast of Pentecost highlights this symbolic perspective. In this Jewish feast, they were commanded to offer two loaves of leavened bread. Now the leaven which represents sin in the Bible signifies that sin will remain in the world until the Messiah returns. The two loaves of bread foreshadow the time when the Messiah would make both the Jew and the Gentile become one in Him. Ephesians 2, verse 14 and 15 tells us, For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation 
having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. This is God's plan. To go into the world and gather all those who would respond to his voice. For God so loved the world. The heavenly plan has been to bring unity through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is only by His atoning sacrifice that any of us are saved and redeemed and forgiven and then sent out into the world as the body of Christ to share His light with the world. John 6.33 For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. If one truly listened to the teachings of Jesus, there was no escaping the fact that He continually stated how He came to give life to the world. To save the world because He so loved the world. How could His disciples not get this? It's the same reason why when we are threatened or confused or in doubt, that we enter into a self-preservation mode and begin to take on the me-first mentality. This is what has been occurring in our country. And some of its effects counter the very commission that Jesus sent us to go out to fulfill. A me-first mentality is counterproductive to the Holy Spirit moving in your life and challenging you to have an outward focus. The disciples were so focused on their home kingdom that they failed to take into account what Jesus had once said. One who has the Spirit of God, the Spirit of regeneration in the soul, knows that the kingdom is not about a certain place on earth. It's not about God blessing this certain place over here or blessing this ministry over here. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. And Jesus made it very clear. When you are born again, the kingdom of God comes to you. If you are seeking the Holy Spirit's voice and desiring to be led into all truth, you will know this fact about the kingdom of God. It's in Luke 17, 20 and 21. Jesus answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say... See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's within us. Jesus comes to people all over the world because of the conviction and power and anointing of the Holy Spirit. He chooses to live inside of us. He knows us. Many of us would not let people visit our house because it's a mess or it's not in order. And think about our lives, think about our minds, our thought life, and God knows what's in us, and yet He chooses to come live inside of us. That's amazing. Unless you're just all perfect unlike me, but I can't imagine how God could want to come live inside of me. That's the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God that says, I love you, I want to come inside of you, take up my residency inside of you, and begin to change you from the inside out. He knows we're not perfect. He knows we mess up. He knows we have bad thoughts. And yet He still chooses to live inside of us. He doesn't call us names and separate Himself from us. He chooses to come live inside of us. The power of God through the Holy Spirit. 
That's the kingdom of God who is in us. Without the ability to discern the Holy Spirit, much like the disciples, we lose out on the outward focus, however. And we tend to only think of what immediately affects us. This is the challenge that Jesus faced. How could He get His disciples focused outward to accomplish His great commission? Acts 1, verse 7. And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in His own authority. You see, their focus was on natural things. Things that they could see or touch or observe. Such as locations or times or seasons. Yet they would need a supernatural focus to walk in His will. There is only one way to get this. Just like salvation, it must be received. It's not something that we earn or work for or deserve. We have to simply come to Him to receive it. Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power. Power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be My witnesses to Me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The only way to change their focus was to have them receive power with the Holy Spirit coming upon them. This would be their baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this power would not merely be for their immediate surroundings. It would be to empower their witness to the end of the earth. Jesus would finally get them focused on the rest of the world. So first we must understand this. The Holy Spirit operates inclusively, not exclusively. It is God's desire to call the world to repentance. And while we know that many will not answer that call, it's not our job to restrict the call. The call goes out. Many will not answer. It's not our job to restrict the call or who should get that message. Our job is to obey the Lord and be His witnesses to the end of the earth. Just think if somebody would have restricted the call looking at your life. I know my life was rough and in shambles before I came to the Lord. If someone would have said, no, he doesn't need it. He's a drunk. He's a partier. He's this. He's that. He doesn't deserve it. I wouldn't be here today. But thank God people didn't judge me to restrict the call. Our job is to be obedient to God. This is what the Holy Spirit does. His very presence in us assures us that the kingdom of God is within us. Then He gives us the power to share Jesus with the world if we are obedient to His call. The Holy Spirit gives us an outward focus if we submit to Him. John 7, verse 37. You're familiar with this verse. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to Me and drink. If you are thirsty for the truth, you will come to Him to be filled. The invitation goes out to all. The clarifier that Jesus uses is anyone. 
Thus, this is the message that we are called to share with everyone. We can't let differences of opinions and political beliefs keep us from sharing the truth with the world. We have been commissioned by the King of Kings to point people not to a man, not to a woman, not to a movement, but to Jesus Christ Himself. John 7, 38-39, Jesus continues, He who believes in Me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this He spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in Him would receive. Jesus speaks here of the Spirit and clearly states the direction of His flow outward. The Holy Spirit works as an outward flow, taking the kingdom of God within us and flowing outward to others. Therefore, we must get in front of others, get involved in their lives. We can't let differences and debates move us from our goal. We can't let a difference of opinion cause us to walk away or to speak poorly of someone. We have to get involved in people's lives. This is our instruction. Out there is our mission. We need to get involved in people's lives. Of course, people are going to have different viewpoints than us because we have the answer. Jesus Christ. If you are focused on any other answer or priority right now, then you are peddling the wrong message. Can't you see that the enemy doesn't want us to come together as the body of Christ submitted to Jesus? So he is working overtime to sow division in people, magnifying their differences, their opposite opinions, and causing them to separate instead of unite under the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I remember when I was in high school, we had a debate team. And the sole goal was to learn how to debate and to listen to the opposite opinion and to share your thing, but to do it so respectfully. People have lost that ability to have differences of opinions. People have lost the ability to, to have, have a logical conversation without saying names and walking away and speaking behind someone's back. How are we going to witness then if we have the answer and they have a different perspective? We have to engage in conversation. We have to be involved in people's lives. The enemy doesn't want us to come together. If you take a look around, you can see the enemy working his hands all over so many people now, bringing division. We have to push back against the plans of the enemy. We have to push through disagreements. We have to love people enough to not walk away when we have difference of opinions. To not call them names. To not post bad things about them on social media. Of course they're going to be different because they don't have the answer when we do in Jesus Christ. We have to get connected to others and take this message to others so that the Spirit can continue to flow outward. This is what so many people miss about the day of Pentecost and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of His gifts. It's not about what we can do with the Holy Spirit power. It's about what Jesus and the Holy Spirit can continue to flow through us so that others would have the life
saving and life-changing message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all together. Because the disciples listened to Jesus' instruction, they stayed and they prayed and they waited for the promise of the Father. Acts 2, verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. This wind coming from heaven is reminiscent of when God breathed life into the body of Adam. Yet in this instance, it is the Holy Spirit who is breathing life into the body of Christ. This is what would set apart and sanctify and define the Christian church. This new work of God would not be accomplished by human effort, as many are trying to do. This work would be different. Zechariah 4.6 tells us that it's not by might nor by power, but by My Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. This is how the church would spread across the earth. This is how the body of Christ would handle any challenge it faced. This is how believers would respond to adversity. This is what God gives us right now. The power of the Holy Spirit to respond to challenges and adversities and share this message to the ends of the earth. It's not by human might or power or by human persuasiveness or logic, but by the Spirit of God as the breath of life moving like a mighty rushing wind. Acts 2, verse 3, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. These tongues of fire represented God's power. And though they were all of the same fire, there was one for each of them. God would have a different calling for each of them, just like He has a different calling for each one of us. Not that anyone is more important, but it's different. He made us differently. We are all unique. We have different gifts. We have different personalities. We have different talents. And we have different circles of influence. Each of the disciples and each of us have been called to take His message outward to different people. Don't you get it? We are different by God's design so that we can all reach different groups of people who are different as well. Acts 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Just like that, the Holy Spirit manifested Himself in power, giving each of them a supernatural ability to speak foreign languages. Why this gift first? Didn't the world need healing? Didn't the world need discernment? Why this first evidence of power? Why would it be foreign languages? Because it was was what was needed at the time to begin the outward focus. Acts 2, 5, and 6, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, 
devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. The first gift of the Spirit was to connect the whole world that all may hear the good news. This miracle would surely send the Gospel message outward for God so loved the world. Now these devout men could now take what they had received and bring it to their nations around the world. By one swift and powerful move of the Holy Spirit, different languages would no longer be a barrier for those seeking to spread the Gospel outward. After all, the very birth of foreign languages found its origin in the Tower of Babel, if you remember that. When men once tried to reach God on their own by their own efforts and in their own might and in their own power, and thus God looked down and confounded their language. He confounded their languages and scattered them over the face of the earth. But now as the disciples were all together in unity, in one accord, the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak these different languages that they could reach all nations and all tongues. The power of the Holy Spirit would enable them to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus' last words to His disciples before He ascended into heaven. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Like the first disciples, we too have been sent to go outward, knowing that He will always be with us. Yet this commission cannot be filled except by the power of the Holy Spirit. For this is how He is always with us, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we must seek to be used of God in this outward focus. We are all called to fulfill the Great Commission beginning with those around us our family members, our friends, our neighbors, leading to us wherever the Lord would call us. Where He calls us, He will provide through the gifts of the Spirit. We just need to be obedient and walk in these gifts and in His calling. And the only way we can do this is to fight to keep an outward focus. This is no easy task. After all, the main work of the enemy is to break this focus and get us to look only at ourselves and at our own fleshly desires. Think about this for a minute. The works of the enemy cause us to focus on ourselves. Pity. Guilt. Depression. Despair. Condemnation. They all turn our focus inward to lick our wounds and to worry about our pain. And as we consider our pain, the enemy throws temptation our way and tells us the way out of our pain is to sin. Yet that just serves to further separate us from God and further separate us from others. But if by the power of the Holy Spirit you can turn your pain and sorrow and despair to God, knowing that He is with you, then you can continue outward expansion. 
We know this is possible because this is exactly what happened to Paul and Silas. If you remember when they were imprisoned for preaching Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. They were thrown in prison and beaten. And they had every right to complain. No one would have said a word against them if they had complained. But by the Spirit of God, they turned their focus outward and started singing praises to God. Acts 16.26 says, Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, not just theirs. All the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. The world right now is in shackles. Many people are in pain and they don't know the answer. And the enemy is trying to divide us so that we don't share outward. As the body of Christ united in one accord, we have the responsibility to intercede for them. To praise God. To carry this message outward. The only way to break this inward focus is to cry out to God. As we come together all in one accord to seek His face and wait for the promise of the Father you can be assured that God will move mightily in us as well. But it will take courage to step out and be used of God in these powerful ways. He will take us out of our comfort zones and keep us moving forward in an outward focus. Scott, can you come up please? God has called us for such a time as this. The world and those around us are dependent upon each of our obedience to God. How will you respond? There are many that do not know the saving truth of Jesus. There are some that you see every day. Supermarket, your neighbors, your co-workers who are lost in life's struggles and pain and deceptions and despair. It is no coincidence that God put these people in your lives. In your circles of influence. He will give you their perspective and He will give you their language to speak to them. Embrace this opportunity and speak life by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us go forth and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that God has commanded us and knowing full well that He is with us always. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your power. We thank You for the gift of the Spirit to unite us, to empower us, and to send that message forth. 